Welcome to From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We invite you to take the time to pause, center, and listen deeply. The content you will hear contains excerpts from faculty presentations recorded at Academy for Spiritual Formation events. The Academy is an international program ministry of the Upper Room that provides courses of retreat and study steeped in the rhythms and practices of contemplative life. For more information, please visit our website at academy.upperroom.org. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Episode 5 of From the Well. I'm Rachel Kinney. Names are a fascinating thing. I work at a children's hospital, so I get to see new names daily. Naming a child, let alone anything, is a daunting process. Names can open some doors and close others. My parents accidentally told me the names that they were thinking about for me that they didn't choose. I still wonder who I would be today if they had named me Sky like they were thinking. To name something is to say something about it, to lay some claim on it. So what is God's name? What are the names that you have for God? What are the names that God has for you? Our names for God, Lord or King or Holy One or Christ, have a way of getting stuck with images in my mind. Lovely ones, but often limiting ones. Soren Kierkegaard once wrote, Once you label me, you negate me. Do we want to name God or do we want to label God? Whatever word you use, these two have a way of twisting into one another. We want to know God and names make things intimate and familiar. They also have a way of becoming fixed and stale. Names have power and naming is a powerful practice. God speaks over the waters and creation is formed. As Christians, Christ as Logos is a word. Our words have power to connect and create, but they also have power to shut down, limit, and police. This episode was inspired by this first story from Ray Buckley, and I want to be careful to let it speak for itself, as Ray is a Native American storyteller who is cautious, and rightly and historically so, of a white speaker using his and his community's work to speak for him. Listen now. My grandmother's name when she was born, she was the last of five daughters, and her name, Nakia, literally means the way ice crystals look when they're lit by the moon. If we were to go out tonight and we could see the moon, if the snow stopped or if the moon peeked out from behind the clouds and you looked up and saw the ice crystals in the air that circled the moon. That's what my grandmother's name meant, the way ice crystals look when they're lit by the moon, or the moon of the silver fox. She had a glow about her. They said in Clinket that her skin looked like old seaweed, but the seaweed that they were describing looked like a lemon. So if you could imagine a lemon that has aged in the sun, That was my grandmother's color of skin. And so when she was a baby, 
Inside of their house, in the firelight, her skin had a soft glow, and they named her the way ice crystals look when they're lit by the moon. She was five years old when she was sent by the government to Carlisle Indian School in Pennsylvania. She had been born in Canada in an inland Clinket village. When the flu epidemic came, she was sent to Glukwan. And from Glukwan at five, she was sent by a ship to Seattle and from Seattle by train to Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And when they arrived at Carlisle Indian School, they took them off of the trains and over the door of Carlisle was a sign that said, kill the Indian, save the child. The children couldn't read English, so they didn't know what the sign said. But when they walked through the gates, they were stopped. And they said, once you come through the gates, you cannot speak your language anymore or wear your traditional clothing anymore. Children had long hair for the most part. In native cultures, when you got up in the morning and you brushed your hair and braided your hair, there were songs that you sang to God to honor the new day and to thank him for life that you had. So you would brush your hair and then braid your hair. The children's hair was cut. And in our culture, that meant that someone in your family had died. So the children began to cry. And they weren't allowed to speak their language. And if they spoke their language, they were beaten or they were placed outside in tiny stone pits with a metal grate across the top. And on the list of children in the cemetery at Carlisle, and I took my grandmother back years later, there is a list of illnesses of which children died. And beside a third of the names at Carlisle Indian School are the words melancholy, where children died of sadness. My grandmother's sister was there. They separated them when they left the village. My grandmother would come into a room after they had cut her hair and they asked her to point to a board on the wall and she pointed to a board of English names. She pointed to the G and they gave her the name Gladys and they took away her beautiful name that said the way ice crystals look when they're lit by the moon. She'd be scrubbing the floors because they trained children to be servants They cut their hair, they changed their names to English, and they trained them to be servants or farm workers. She'd be scrubbing the floor, and her sister would come up behind her and whisper in her ear, your name is not Gladys, your name is Nakia, the way ice crystals look when they're lit by the moon. Through the long room where there's bed after bed after bed that housed a hundred girls or a hundred boys, My grandmother's sister would get out of her room and she would crawl along the floor to my sister's bed and whisper into her ear, your name is not Gladys, your name is Nakia. Your name means the way ice crystals look when they're lit by the moon. My grandmother loved the passage of scripture in Isaiah. It says, I have called you by name, you are mine. My grandmother loved any passage of scripture that had 
name in it. She kept her name within herself. God here is not the one who is named. God is the one who names. God is the one who tells us to remember our true names, those that reflect our communities, our traditions, our particularities, our beauty, and our environments. God is this place of remembering. God is the one who knows our true names. In this story given by birth, but also God calls us to our true names when we enter into new life, ceremonially through transition of roles or identities or in faith. God is our home, how we are known, the beginning of our story, our beginnings and our new beginnings. In the Jewish tradition, God's true name is not spoken. This is the Tetragrammaton, the four letters that represent the name of God. Listen to how Rabbi David Horowitz explained it in his Arizona Five-Day Academy. We have four Hebrew letters. The Hebrew letters are Yud, He, Vav, He. Four Hebrew letters. The name of Elohim, if you will. The proper name of God. Now I must tell you that very early on, the name ceased to be pronounced because there was that uh, prohibition against taking the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember that commandment, taking the name of the Lord your God in vain. I mean, I'm not sure, damn it, does it. But, uh, uh, but, 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 but using the name in, in a way that, that defames it becomes pro- prohibited. And so the name was rarely pronounced. We know that all of these letters, Hebrew is a vowelless language. Vowels were, related by, uh, were added by the Masoretes much later in time, but it's a, it's a vowelless language. There are no vowels in Hebrew. And these letters are kind of vowel-indicating letters. The yud usually as designates that before it is an A sound or an E sound. The he usually an A sound. Uh, the vav usually an U or an O sound. And the hey, once again, the ah sound. So these are all vowel letters. And in being vowel letters, they kind of make it difficult to pronounce. As Larry Kushner has has taught us, it's kind of that aspirant. (sighs) 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 Now, along the way, translators have tried to make this Yahweh. You can make a case for it. But I don't think so. I don't think so, because those of you who read Larry Kushner's book, he also reminds us that another name for God that I haven't mentioned yet is Makom. Makom, place. Achain yesh adadai makom belo yadati. Behold, God was in this place. God was the place. God is the place. God is the... Tillich called it the ground of being, the ground of everything. God's name is the original sound, the breath of life, the rush of wind, the breathing of all. God is the place, this place and all places. God, Mahon, is the place that calls us back to ourselves, that finds us here, 
and imagines us forward. When I decided to go to divinity school, one of my wise co-workers just laughed and laughed and said, if you want to know God, you have to go to the mountain. I understand this more now, as this has become one of God's names for me, the place that I'm journeying toward, the beacon my heart travels to, the new and old home that I am venturing and adventuring to. Listen again to Ray Buckley. There was a mouse who lived on the prairie, and he was a very good mouse. And every day he gathered seeds, and he filled his cheeks full of seeds. And at the end of the day, he would take the seeds, and he would take the mouse and take them out, and he would put them in a stockpile with the other mice. But every night when he went to sleep, he kept hearing the sound of roaring waters in his ear, and he didn't know where the sound was coming from. So he said to the other mice, Brother and sister mice, do you hear that roaring sound in your ear? And they said to him, foolish mouse, there is no roaring sound. But every night the roaring sound was there. And every night he could hear the sound. So because he was a polite mouse, he left his seeds for the other mice and he began to follow the sound. And when he left the mouse village, things brushed him and touched him that had never brushed him and touched him before. Grass brushed his whiskers and snow fell on his face and rain fell and wet his fur. He touched rocks that he had never seen before. And everything from the mouse village was different because he was not there. But the sound became louder and louder until he found himself on the banks of a great river. There from the river, a small voice said, Who are you, little brother? He said, I am a mouse and I've heard a roaring sound and I've followed it and every day something has touched me that has never touched me before and the sound has gotten louder and louder and I found myself on this banks of this river and who are you? The voice said, I am frog and the creator has made my skin to live here in the shallows of this river. But mouse, what is more important? If you crouch low and leap high, you'll see the reflection of the shining mountains in the river. And the little mouse crouched low and he leapt high and he couldn't see anything. And he crouched low and he leapt high and he still couldn't see anything. And on the fourth time, which is the Lakota sacred number, he crouched low and he leapt high and he saw the reflections of the shining mountains in the river. He told the frog... Frog, you must come back with me to my village. You must come back and tell them because they won't believe me. And the frog said, my skin is made to live in the water. So the little mouse ran as fast as he could back through the mouse village. And things touched his face and things touched his body. And things that he had not encountered before touched him. And he arrived back at the mouse village. And he said, brother and sister mice, I must tell you what has happened. The sound which I heard at night has got louder and louder and I followed it and things touched me that have never touched me before and I've seen things I have never seen and I found myself on the bank river and a person, a human being called Frog spoke to me and told me to crouch low and leap high and I would see the shining mountains and on the fourth try, I saw them. And to make fun of him, they changed his name to the mouse who jumps or jumping mouse. 
every day he would gather seeds and they would say, hey, jumping mouse, do you hear the sound of the water? He was a polite mouse and in the night he could not get over the vision of the shining mountains and so he left his seeds for the mice and he began the journey. And an older, wiser grandfather mouse, he met outside the village, said, there are no shining mountains. Stay and gather seeds with me and we'll build a stockpile here. Because he was a polite mouse, he left his seeds for the grandfather and began the journey. And on the way, he bumped into something big and brown and hairy and a deep voice said to him, who are you, little brother? He said, I'm a mouse, and I'm on my way to the shining mountains. Who are you? And the voice said, I am Tatanka, the bull buffalo. And they say that I am dying, and only an eye of a mouse can heal me, but I have never seen a mouse. I do not know if they exist. Jumping mouse stepped back, and he said to himself, I am a mouse, and my eye can heal this buffalo, but if I give my eye... I won't be able to see the buffalo or complete my journey to the shining mountains. But then he thought, creator has played this buffalo in my path and I must give away. And no sooner had he thought it than his eye left his head and it went to the buffalo and the buffalo was made well. The buffalo walked to the base of the shining mountain with the little mouse running underneath him as fast as he could so the eagles and the hawks would not see him. And the little mouse began his spiritual journey once again alone. Halfway up the mouse, he saw a coyote who was running in circles or chasing his tails or, as Lakota people would say, did not know his spiritual name. Here was a coyote that no longer knew who he was and was running in circles. Jumping Mouse says, who are you? And the coyote says, are you, are you, are you? Jumping Mouse said, coyote. And the coyote said, coyote, coyote, coyote. Jumping Mouse thought, coyotes eat mice. If the eye of my buffalo, eye of my, from myself could heal the buffalo, Perhaps my other eye could heal this coyote. But if I give my eye, I will be blind. I will not be able to see. I will not be able to complete the journey to the top of the shining mountains. And then he said, the creator has placed this coyote in my path and I must give away. And no sooner had he thought it than his eye left his head and went to the coyote. And the coyote knew who he was and quit running in circles. Gently in his mouth, the coyote carried the little mouse to the top of the shining mountains and left him wet and alone in the snow. The little mouse could sense the shadows of the eagles and hawks, but he couldn't see anything and he knew that death was imminent. And suddenly everything went dark. And then he began to see again. But it was not the snow of the shining mountains. He was looking down on the very tops of the peaks themselves. He could see the glacier from which the great river flowed. He could see the frog in the river. He could see the house of the old mouse in the mouse village. He could see Tatanka, the bull buffalo, and the coyote who was walking the straight red path. 
And he looked for his paws, but there were feathers as far as his eye can see. And he looked for his other paw, and there were feathers as far as his eyes could see. And the voice of Wakantanko, or the sacred one, said, You have been faithful to the journey that I have called you to, little one. I have changed your name. You are eagle. Revelation says, 217, to you who make the journey, I will give a new name on a white stone. And no one will know the meaning of the name except you and I. God is the one who names and renames us. In God we find our true names, whether remembered or discovered. Names are the way that we call upon those that we love. Names help us to be known to one another. But maybe this week or month, let go of the names for God that you always use. Try a new one, or instead take a moment to see the place where you are and listen to the name that God knows you by. Remember, discover, try on, or adventure forth in this wide open place of God and listen for your name. Put down your labels and your limits and explore. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy this installment of From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We encourage you to visit our website at academy.upperroom.org to learn more about our ministry and to continue the conversation about today's topic. You can join our mail list from the contact page and you can also find us on Facebook. From the Well is now available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Just search for From the Well or Academy for Spiritual Formation from within any of those services. From there, you can subscribe to our monthly podcast, find previous episodes, offer comments, and share it with others. Thank you and blessings on your journey.